if you're fully verified, 20,000. 20,000 daily and a max of maybe 100,000 weekly and then a max of like maybe 500,000, 200,000, something like that yearly. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Go Money Grow podcast, where together we find the best ways to grow your money, your mind, and your body. We have a wonderful episode for you today with our brand new crypto moderator, Aaron Hernandez. If you're not already part of the few members that have a lifetime membership to the Discord, drops on October 15th. Make sure you DM me on Instagram so we can get you a part of that. Without further ado, Aaron Hernandez. Name's Aaron Hernandez. I run uh, the restaurant uh, Los Rosados over here as general manager, but most of my wealth comes from my cryptocurrencies. I've been investing since like 2010. So basically, I've seen Bitcoin since it was like at $2. Really? Yeah, I've been in it since like then. Uh, I see it when it went up for the first time up to 1,200. Right. I see it when it crashed down all the way down to 200 again. Yeah, I've been in it for quite a while. But since then, I invest in many different kind of cryptocurrencies, moved mm. on from Bitcoin mostly because it's kind of uh, out of date now. Actually, I enjoy yeah. the world of cryptocurrencies. I know I've been in it so long. I, I know the, how to keep my, my coins safe as well. That's an important thing I, I try to teach people as well. Yeah. Because, uh, man, I'm not sure about you, but I'm always scared of hackers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. For, for those that don't know, uh, Aaron Hernandez is our new crypto moderator in our Discord. The past, the, like the first few posts that you made are incredible. I don't know a lot about crypto. I just use it for like long-term investments. Yeah. Like I hold Bitcoin, Ethereum. I have some ETH2 that I'm staking. And then I have a few other altcoins that I'm just holding just for like long-term. I don't trade it or anything. So do you do like a lot of trading with it or are you more like looking in certain projects and like what they're doing behind the scenes and trying to make gains on that well the thing is these days i'm doing a lot of trading because i make more strategic uh trades sometimes where i uh i hold back from making too many moves mm -hmm. just because uh i tried day trading i made some money but i lost more than one yeah uh just because how crypto is one thing that people don't consider is liquidity yeah uh, crypto some coins are not as liquid as others they're not all the same like bitcoin is more liquid so if you do day trading you might be able to have more success from that mm -hmm. but if you deal with smaller coins like Say, let's use Dogecoin or Shiba Inu coin, for example. If you had, like, say, uh, you bought, like, 3 trillion uh, Shiba Inu coins mm -hmm. uh, when it first came out. So when it went up to, like, what is it now, like, 5 cents? Uh, oh, I don't, I don't it, know what Shiba is at. I know it went up quite a bit. Yeah, it did. It, 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 it had a huge oh, run. You know what? No, I'm thinking about Dogecoin. Dogecoin went from, like, like less than a penny up to like, I mean, almost a dollar. I was going to say, I think it did hit a dollar. Did it? Maybe not. Maybe I, I think not. I really close to, I think it was like 90 cents or something 90. like that. Mm -hmm. Then it just tanked down. Uh, yeah. So like I said, I was talking about liquidity, right? Right. Yeah. What, what a lot of people don't understand is like whenever, like I do stock trading, yeah. that's my primary source of income. And what people don't understand is everything is transactional. Like it's, there's not just like, there is a pool of stock, but Anytime a stock is bought or sold, it's a transaction. Like somebody is buying that stock from somebody else. Yeah. So obviously if there's nobody willing to buy a coin or a stock at $100 and you're trying to sell it at $100 mm -hmm. at the strike price, then it's obviously not going to go through, like liquidity. Yeah, and one thing I noticed is people don't really under, uh, understand that yet until they mm -hmm. actually uh, really start messing with it. Right. I'll notice that in stocks that I trade that are like really minimal market caps, like $2 million, mm -hmm. something like that, tradable stocks and these these are like the penny stocks that i'm talking yeah, about yeah. like 10 20 30 cent stocks it's it's hard like yeah. like sometimes it's hard and it's scary mm -hmm. sometimes because it's like okay well if i buy it here and it 
runs up 10 cents. Yeah. I mean, I'm making 30, 40, 50% on my money, but can I get out? Oh, exactly. That's what happens with Dogecoin and Shiba Inu, man. It's like mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people get hyped up. The people that actually had some, they get off the roller coaster before it starts going mm-hmm. straight down. So with those, do you think there was uh, like big whales that ha- held the majority of it? Oh, yeah. And then once they sold it at the top, that's when everything started tanking? That's why you have to worry about crypto, man, especially the small projects. You can make a lot of money off the small projects. Mm-hmm. If you find one that's cheap right now, there's a good chance you can make a lot of money off of it right. if you buy it early enough. Uh, but you take a big chance as well at becoming a Chuck E. Cheese token where it's not worth anything later right. on. People create new tokens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the developers actually create new tokens in which, like for example, Shiba Inu and Dogecoin. Yeah. I believe that Shiba Inu is literally a carbon copy of Dogecoin, but they just changed the name. So what's a carbon copy? For example, you know how most blockchain projects should be open source, where anyone right. could look at the code, copy the code, change the names of the uh, okay. coin itself. Like Dogecoin is just Bitcoin, but what they did, they, they changed the name, they changed the confirmation time, the developer got all the coins, and he airdropped it to people that went to buy it at mm. a low price. These days, you see a lot of shady cryptocurrencies where they keep the developers keep a big portion, like 60%, 40% of the total supply. So say there's like Shiba Inu that has like, a, let's use an example. They have one trillion coins yeah. and um, that's that were minted. Mm-hmm. The developer will keep about half of that yeah. or a little bit more. And the rest, he'll sell off for pennies until it gets, then it starts uh, advertising it and it gets popular. It go, starts going up. Then he just starts unloading what he has. Basically. So I can't remember what two coins it was. Tether, I think. Uh, there was two coins that were like pegged to the US dollar and then they got de-pegged. Uh, you're talking about Terra Luna. Terra Luna, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's one. I mean, there's a bunch of people that lost a, just a shit ton of money Oh, on yeah, that. man. From my understanding was that uh, when the market was basically tanking, mm-hmm. people were trying to, to buy cryptocurrencies right. or buy USDT or something like that. Right. Something that they believed in a little bit more. It got the it caused Terra Luna to get depegged. After a while, people thought, okay, this is just a good chance to buy the yeah. dip and, and get mm-hmm. back up when it re- repegs. Yeah. But in the end... It ended up just rug pulling. Yeah, man. It's They just didn't have enough uh, to keep it pegged, and mm-hmm. it kept going down. People just panicked and just sold everything. So Ethereum is having a merger coming up. Do you keep up uh, with like the Ethereum merger, or do you know exactly what's going on there? Man, with Ethereum, I, I don't know too much about it. To me, Ethereum is older technology now. There's a lot newer smart contract technology coming out. Ethereum just one of the big ones. It's like one of the first ones, like Bitcoin. Right. And just like Bitcoin, I think they're a little bit out of date. Right. I think they're trying to do a lot. They're like Bitcoin where you have to have a consensus between everyone to okay. do any upgrades. And uh, if you don't have any, basically the consensus, think of it this way. You have five people in the room. We're all using it. We're all using the coin. We all offer the coin as well. Well, thing is, say I want to do an update. Everyone uh, has to me and you, Me and you agree with it, but say uh, like three other people don't agree with it. Unless we all agree with it and we all update to the new uh, program, okay. that's going to be the new update. But if we don't agree with that and they don't want to up, say we upgrade, we try to force it, mm-hmm. it's going to cause uh, a split. Uh, it's going to be a fork in the, uh, it'll be a hard fork in, in the blockchain. Basically that we're running a, a separate piece of data than they are. They, they're running the old version where we're in the new version that right. we consider new because we updated it. And that's not good in general just because you end up splitting the community as well. Because some people follow this one, this uh, project continuously. Yeah. And other people just... And, Stay with the basics. Yeah, and you actually seen this uh, quite a bit. In case you're wondering why there's so many different cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. that's what happened. People just kept forking it over and over. Okay. They just kept uh, they kept making updates, like say Bitcoin, that uh, other people didn't agree with, so they just made their new coin. Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin are a good example of that. Uh, Bitcoin Cash went to uh, basically increase the the block size. 
Bitcoin in him. Right. Uh, uh, a good chunk of the community, they want a faster, they want a faster, trans- better transaction, cheaper transactions. Um, they wanted bigger blocks as well. Right. So what happened was, even though they couldn't get 100% consensus, they decided to make their their own coin by do the upgrade anyways. And the people that followed, it became Bitcoin Cash. You want to make sure you have your stuff safe before you you get into like actual investments. On the chat, I broke it up into three sections: exchanges, verification, slash bank links, and uh, authenticators. Okay. So let's start with the exchanges. Like I said on the on the post, you want to make sure that uh, you have all your exchanges set up. Uh, the reason why is a lot of exchanges have a limited amount you could withdraw and and deposit. And actually, I think that you have a limited deposit. I think it's the, you have a limited withdrawal. Okay. Almost, almost. If you're a big uh, if you're a big whale, right? Yeah. A lot of them have a limit of if you're fully verified, twenty thousand. 20,000 daily and a max of maybe a hundred thousand weekly. And then a max of like me 500,000, 200,000 or something like that yearly that you can withdraw from it. That we could withdraw from it. Yeah. Okay. For big whales, it can get around that they have to contact them directly and see if they're willing to do an exception with you, mm-hmm. which they do with, uh, if you have the, the funds to prove it or do a simpler thing, which is just start signing up different exchanges. You want to sign up with as many different exchanges as possible just because you want the option. Exchange is a very uh, fickle thing to begin with. You could easily get banned, your account's frozen. It could just start lagging due to so many people use it at the same time. Yeah, so time. many transactions. Some don't have the coins that you want, things like that. Right. So what are like the top three exchanges you would recommend? Let's see. The ones I recommend are the ones that I put on the list. Coinbase, Kraken, Uphold, Gemini. Bitstamp was pretty good. That's a UK one. The ones I recommend are all US-based exchanges as well. Coinbase, Uphold, Kraken, Gemini, Bitstamp. I heard some decent things about Binance US. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be different than Binance.com. Okay. Uh, there's uh, Binance.com is currently going through a lot of uh, basic PR nightmare right now. And they're having a hard time. But supposedly Binance US just bought the name from them, the the right to username. Right. But they're not the same company they say. Okay. Uh, I've been hearing good things. I probably should sign up with them too, just because uh, it's always good to have multiple exchanges. Right. Because say something happens with one, it's good to have another one. Yeah. And say you're you want to make a trade, that one freezes up because everybody's using it. Mm-hmm. Good to have a second one as well that right. has the same coin. Yeah, I was gonna say, and like you said, some don't have it. Coinbase is the only one I have right now. Oh yeah. And I've looked into other ones, getting other ones after reading your yeah. post. But Coinbase is what I have right now, and I don't have a hard wallet. Uh, I I always hold, heard them as like hard wallets and cold wallets, but you mentioned something else. Uh, well, your hardware wallet is a kind of a cold storage in a way. Uh, but you could use it. Yeah, it's basically your cold storage because it's a little bit more difficult to move it. Uh in and out coins mm-hmm. because it takes a little bit longer. It's more verification. Unlike, uh, say a traditional wallet where you can actually just make one transaction, like my Bifrost. Yeah. All I have to do is put my fingerprint. I could send transactions to you right away. Right. Uh, or just wear your wallet. You just give me your address, type it in, type yeah. the number. It, it sends it. That one's a little bit less secure just because if someone's able to get access to your computer or something like that, they could just mm-hmm. take all the funds. Right. Well, with the hardware wallet, where, uh, right. It's more like a cold storage where, Basically, you have to get the US, this little USD device kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, plug it in, type in your PIN code, uh, open up the software, uh, and if I want to send money to you, the little USB has a little screen on it. You got to put your PIN code again. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to ask you, you have to verify every step of the way, and it's going to verify the exact co- the exact address you're sending it to. So yeah. say on your computer, it gives you an address. Mm-hmm. It looks like the address you're sending it to, like say Coinbase. Where you need to make a deposit to their account and right. to that, your account on there, mm-hmm. but on your 
on your USB, it will show you the true address it's going to. So if it's if a keylogger or a hacker makes a, a change what you see on the screen, yeah, your uh, your wallet will always show you the exact where, address exactly it's going where to. it's yeah. going. Okay. If it's not the same as the one on the screen, then you got yourself a problem. That means that someone was, uh, is messing the computer right now, mm-hmm. and you could just deny the, the transaction. Okay. Yeah, you don't have you just cancel the transaction, and everything has to go through that little USB. Before you can actually send coins and all that. Yeah, yeah. See, it, it's a it's a lot safer rather mm. than I don't know. There's a lot more steps, and it takes a lot more to send money. But like you said, yeah. it's a lot safer. You can't be hacked yeah. or people just. Yeah, exactly. And um, say someone uh, you 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 drop you uh, your ledger, for example, uh, your little USB device, your wallet. Right. Uh, unless you know the your your pin code, you can make it as difficult as you want. Unless you know it, they can't get into it. Right. And if they do try to get into it and they try to guess your account, they could do it three th- uh, three times and there's a minute wait. If they try another three times, it's an hour wait. If they do another three times, it's a week wait. Right. If they do it three times again, it's it's a month wait. And they keep doing that. It keeps going up. Remember that one story about that one uh, that one company? I think it was in Canada, where the guy was really stressing out because he had like a, like a hundred million dollars worth of Ethereum locked in a hardware wallet for his company. But he couldn't remember the password. And he uh, has three tries, and he already used two of them. Yeah. And on the third one, he'll be locked out permanently. Oh, no. So, yeah. No, I haven't heard this story. You haven't heard that story? Uh-huh. Yeah. That guy got locked out of his own wallet. So whenever you make a, you get a hardware wallet, it makes you write down like a 12 to 24-word uh, password. Right, right. And that's going to be your main. That's basically That makes up your wallet. That is your wallet. So you got to keep that safe. Yeah. Make sure you keep that thing safe. Make sure you keep it, keep it in a fireproof vault. Or if you have a place you trust, keep a second copy over there. Just take a uh, look at the the words, the ones you remember. Mm-hmm. Like just take off like one or two that you you can remember, and that way, like say Apple for example, like say it's a, one of the words is Apple and the other one's grape or something like that. Yeah, you can just remember like you know what I'll take these two off at, when I place them over here. That way, if they someone sees it, they know what it is. They can type it in, but when those two words come up, they don't know what. Yeah, they don't know what those yeah. ones are. Okay. Yeah, you can always do that too. Um, like I said, I don't recommend a safety deposit box because that is the safest place to place it. But remember what happened with uh, Andrew Tate, for example? Yeah. Yeah, they could just raid your yeah. safe deposit box, take everything, including your, your passwords, and they could transfer all your coins out. You heard the, the law civil forfeiture? When uh, you hear the stories about how when people are traveling through, like, say, a few certain states, like Alabama or something like that, you get pulled over if you're carrying cash, they'll just... Even though you're not considered guilt, you're not. Uh, they find no evidence of uh, drugs or crime. Right. You might not even be charged with anything. They might just for, uh, forfeit all your your funds. Like there's one uh, story about this one guy. He was carrying his life savings right because he was moving. Right. And he was driving right. He didn't trust banks, and he got pulled over. The cops just they didn't charge him anything. They just took all hundred thousand dollars. Really. And by the time he was able to hire a lawyer, they all they come up with was a settlement of. Yeah, we keep, uh, we'll give you half, we keep half. Yeah, see, that's just terrible. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what you have to worry about when it comes to, like, safe deposit boxes if they get stolen, like, from the mm-hmm. feds themselves. Yeah, if you get raided for something. Yeah. To the IRS, now that they've got so many people and they're training with weapons as well, they decide, like, oh, you haven't been paying your fair share of taxes. We're going to take all this right here. And uh, once you pay that extra 500 bucks you owe us, you'll get your 300000 back. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So, do you have any personal like horror stories that you that you have gone through that oh yeah man on my post i mentioned about centralized exchanges right right a a few years back right 
there was this one uh, exchange called BTCE. Okay. It was a major exchange. It was one of the first few big exchanges that appeared a long time ago. For years, I had my coins in there on that exchange. The authenticator, everything. I had everything set up where it was safe. For about four or five years, I kept my coins there. No problems. And one day, for some reason, the FBI raided them, uh, shut down the, the, the entire uh, exchange, and everyone's coins just disappeared. Really? Just, just like gone? Just gone, yeah. Everyone, including my, my, my all my investment was in there. Mm-hmm. I, I lucked out a whole bunch because they tried, supposedly the, the feds only took the hot wallet. Uh, and they gave people 60% of the coins back. Okay. So I lost 40% off the bat. Yeah. But that was a, that was my case right there. They mm-hmm. could easily just walked off with it and no one could have done a thing. Yeah. But that's what they did. They gave back people with 90% of the coins, uh, 60% of the coins. And they also put a withdrawal limit. You can only take out so many coins every day. Really? So I basically, I, I didn't trust. After that happened, yeah. I was getting my, my stuff out right away. Yeah, yeah. So as long, the moment I got my 60% back, I transferred as much as I can in Bitcoin because that was the biggest one. Right. Then I transferred the um, other coins that other exchange accept into those coins, got the uh, max of the limit on those, and I just kept doing that for a few days. So luckily, I was able to get all my coins out. Yeah. Because the people that sticked around, basically they're trying to do what Binance did. They were trying to get people an exchange token that they promised to get back, uh, convert over to Bitcoin in the future. Right. So basically, if they took 60%, they gave you 40% worth of Bitcoin back to you in their exchange token, like an IOU. Right. Um, it's saying that this is going to be worth one Bitcoin in the future. That yeah. once we make uh, enough fees from uh, from people, we'll pay this back. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't want anything to do with that. I, I sold my IOUs right away. Yeah, they gave yeah. you a chance to sell them too in the market. Yeah. I sold mine. They were sold at a big discount because yeah. we're taking a chance on them. Mm-hmm. So I sold mine right away and took all as much as I could out of the exchange right away because I wasn't going to take that chance. Yeah. Uh, about a month and a half later, the the site just went dark. Just just and gone. It was just gone. So anyone that actually believed in the exchange and they're trying to, they're hoping they're going to make big money from that mm-hmm. and buying up those IOUs, got screwed over. They lost everything. You know what a MMO RPG is? I know like what RPG Warcraft? is. Like, have you heard about World of Warcraft? Yeah. Back in the day when I used to be younger, about your ages, uh, I used to play World of Warcraft, and I remember my guild members talking about Bitcoin every now and then. Yeah. I keep hearing the word Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. That got me interested. I looked into it. I saw it was two bucks, decided to buy some. But back then, you had to go through a lot of sketchy routes and had to deposit your money in really sketchy accounts. Yeah. Like, you didn't know where it was going. So mm-hmm. it was a big risk. So I found out about it, read about it, watched for a little bit, mm-hmm. deposited 100 bucks. I could, it was like a gamble. It's like going to a casino. Either yeah. it went well or it didn't. Yeah. Once my uh, money ma- made it through, they got the hundred bucks. I was able to buy it and withdraw it. Mm-hmm. I went all in. Thought about 20K worth of uh, Bitcoin. I think it was worth uh, 30 bucks a pop back then. Yeah. Went from uh, at 20K up to like 80 to 100K mm-hmm. within a like couple weeks. Then I went back to 40. Yeah. And then uh, after that, the crypto market crashed, went down. It became worth fifteen thousand. Yeah, I, I screwed up because I sold so many coins at like, at like, uh, uh, for, I, I sold like about two thousand dollars worth. Mm-hmm. Which if I kept them up until like twenty seventeen, yeah, those were worth about two hundred thousand. But nobody can predict it. Nobody could have ever predicted what Bitcoin or the entire crypto market was gonna be. I know obviously all the markets are down right now, yeah. except for real estate, like the stock market, crypto markets. Everything's pulled back a lot. Like I mean, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. I don't know, 60, 70% on like all my crypto. Ethereum, I think is my biggest position. I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be a Bitcoin price. 
someday. I mean, I don't know, but I think it'll definitely make a new high, and I'll get my money back on it. Oh, yeah. But so what's your, like, opinion on the market right now? Like, time frame, how long do you think before we get back to the levels we were before the big crash? Man, so I've been in Bitcoin so long, so I've seen these waves often enough. You get a year worth of bull run, mm-hmm. a year to two years. Where it's a straight up boring, which is going straight up. Right. Uh, this is where you get make your big money. This is where you see like Ethereum go from like two hundred bucks to five thousand. Yeah. Uh, then you have like a three year cooldown where it's just a bear market for three years. Yeah. Uh, you're you're part you're seeing the bear market a little bit. Yeah. People they they understand that uh, crypto goes. You make a lot of money in crypto very fast, but you can lose a lot of money very fast too. Yeah. Right now we're in a bear market, and uh, right now because what's going. Whatever happens to the stock market affects the crypto market at the moment. Yeah. They're very tied together at the moment. When Jerome Powell makes a bad statement about they're going to raise inflation rates, it scares Wall Street. It scares crypto uh, people as well, too. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I feel like crypto like really, really started getting big like the last two, three years is whenever it started like blowing up. I mean, that's when I heard about it, at least. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just because I'm biased, and that's when I heard about it. But like you said, like big bull runs, like the last three years or so, just huge, huge runs, and I feel like that's when a lot of people started talking about it and getting more into it. Bitcoin's a little bit more interesting because it has like the the halvings, like the Bitcoin halvings every four years. And no, okay. exactly. That's what I mean right there. That's what the Ethereum's doing too. Oh, okay, okay. So Ethereum, that's, that's what this... Uh, yeah, the Ethereum has a similar okay. thing right now. They, that's why they use up so much energy because the miners are doing all... They're just spending so much energy to solve a simple equation that it requires a lot of processing power. Right. So what's happening is Ethereum's gone off of that system. Mm-hmm to staker so people that own ethereum already they just stake their coins and they'll receive the the inflation that comes with it okay well then i'm glad i started staking whenever i did i'm staking in eth2 on coinbase they offered it where you could go ahead and buy ethereum too but you can't like trade it right now it's just stakeable until after the merge yeah Uh, so i put like i don't know like five thousand or something down 50%. Yeah. But <laughs> That's not too bad, man. Unless you weren't one of those guys that bought at 5,000, right? Yeah. Ethereum, I have a lot of faith in Ethereum. Like, I think it'll get back up to five, six, seven, oh, yeah. eight, 8,000 someday. Uh, but like I said, I'm just using it as long-term investments. But I'm really interested <clears throat> to see what's going to happen with crypto on this, I think it's the fourth happening in 2024. Tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But basically what they're doing is the people that are minting Bitcoin, they could mine like up to 50. 50 Bitcoin? Yeah. Is it, was it daily or yearly? Uh, it's every time they solve a block. So uh, it's not yearly. It's going to be people do that daily. Daily. Uh, back when it was fast, they did it multiple times a day, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, But it was just whenever like a block was formed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. it was 50 per block and then they had their first happening and then it was 25. Yeah. I don't, rem- I don't know exactly what it's at now, but I think it, they only have a couple left. There's, there's only a couple happenings left as far as I understand i could be wrong and so whenever bitcoin is done with the happening is they're not going to be mining any more coins is that correct yeah but that's true i think after that the way the miners make their money is going to be from uh basically the transaction fees okay okay which they're already making big bucks from that because man have you seen the transaction fees of bitcoin when the, there's uh everything's moving yeah so for my my flare network thing right i bought an uh, nft that's still based off of uh that was on OpenSea, uh, Ethereum-based uh, NFT marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFT itself was only 500 bucks, but I think I spent $300 in fees. Do you know a little bit about NFTs, or uh, is it primarily just... Yeah, I know a little bit. Basically, you just basically... Uh, it, it's a way to really uh, 
tokenize a way um, to tokenize music videos or or pictures mm-hmm. in a way where uh, you could sell them and still make a royalty from it. So if you uh, create like a picture of this glass of water right here mm-hmm. and it becomes mainstream where everyone's a picture of that glass of water, you can put a royalty of two percent. So every time someone sells it, you get two percent. You get two percent. Yeah. Or you can make a a, a store. Um, the studio that helped you make it gets a percentage. You get a percentage all the time or your royalty because you created it. Mm-hmm. And everybody that's making money is always making money off that that sale. So anytime it's sold anywhere. You make uh, a transaction fee from it. Yeah, exactly. I've heard uh, Gary V that was talking about it, how he's doing NFTs. I think NFTs will be really, really cool in the future. I don't know enough about them now to be invested in any of them. But the way that Gary V was saying that he's going to use it and a lot of people are using it. Is so he's building like high quality like bars and restaurants in like LA and New York. Yeah. And the NFTs are basically just going to be the tickets to get into those bars. Uh-huh. So he's using it where you can only get into these like prestigious clubs if you hold this NFT. That's how they're using it to bring it more into real world scenarios, like using it in real world. There was a there was another example, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but. Uh, with this ETH merger, they're, I think one of the key things they're trying to do is like make faster transactions and, and like lower transactions or yeah. lower like gas fees and stuff. It's older technology. It's not, it can only handle so many transactions per second. I think it can only do 10 mm-hmm. uh, transactions per second. Uh, for example, I think Visa can handle 1,500 yeah. a second. Even XRP could handle about 1,500 to 2,000. A second. Okay. And uh, I think the fastest one I heard about was Solana. They said it go up to a lab specs of seventy five hundred or seventy five thousand transactions wow. per second. That's what they say. That's why I heard about it. But so, so are you a fan of like Solana and XRP? And those uh, ones? I'm because I know I have both of them. I have both of them. I'm a bigger fan of XRP myself. Solana, I lost a little of interest on just because of what happened recently. Uh, what so happened recently with it? When uh, there's a big downturn in the market in June. Um, Solana has a loan-based system where you can actually uh, put your Solana as collateral to get a USDT as a, as a loan. And okay. a big well came in, and they made a big bet that uh, Solana, they're basically shorting the market in a way, saying that Solana's mm-hmm. going to drop. They did a, a governance vote, um, and they told no one. It was only open for three hours, and they put a vote saying, uh, we want to take control of this this large account this large guy's wallet basically they're taking controls of a, a person's personal wallet okay which should not be it uh, shouldn't be legal it, it should be possible it should be legal mm-hmm. um because it's and it's supposed to be centralized you're not supposed to have a third party be able to control your wallet your your coins yeah but they made a vote it passed with uh 99 yeah and supposedly 98 percent of those votes came from one wallet which was the the devs the founder's wallet oh. of Solana. Mm-hmm. So what about XRP though? Like what is it about XRP that you like? Mm, let's see. XRP is one of those few coins where it actually has a lot of them. A lot of uh, cryptocurrencies have good white papers. They have future use case scenarios, things like that. Right. They have future plans. XRP is one of the few coins that actually has things going on. Right. And like they're actually, actually being utilized. Like mm-hmm. what it plans to do. Like in Asia... XRP is being used to transfer wealth across borders to other Asian countries. Uh, there's a, a huge, like the biggest bank in, in Japan, 
SBI uses XRP to transfer uh, money around the whole country. Really? And to other countries as well. Um, XRP is actually being new, and there's actually XRP, uh, the Ripple, the company that manages like the development of XRP. Yeah. Even though XRP is its own coin, it does get updates from uh, from the Ripple company, which also creates products for the XRP token as well, as well as, uh, but they don't have control of it because they have, to, they have to have consensus between all the people that run the node. And the people that run the node are usually central bankers, major banks, and they, XRP is one of those few companies that actually have like 62 uh, central banks working with them. The only place it doesn't have it's not working with is the United States because of what's going on with the lawsuit right now. The, like what lawsuit? Uh, there's currently an SEC versus Ripple lawsuit going on. I did not uh, know SEC that. is trying to claim that Ripple is a security, which it isn't. Mm. Uh, they don't have proof. All they keep doing is just delay tactics over and over. They keep delaying the, this, this lawsuit from being over. Mm-hmm. Because they know they haven't been able to win. Every time uh, Ripple requests information, they always dodge it and refuse to give it, even when the judge orders it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just keep delaying it, making up. Uh, they ask for delays again to for further discovery. It's basically the last two years have been basically a scenario where the last piece of information is like uh, it becomes a it became a saying where. Uh, same bullshit, different day kind of situation. Yeah. Every time you hear news about it, because it's the same thing where they're requesting documentation that is very important for the case, mm-hmm. but they refuse to give it. The judge orders it. They refuse to give it still kind of situation because they're the government. They have more leeway of being, re- uh, being able to refuse documentation that have to give up. Wow. So, and, but the thing is, in December, November, uh, the lawsuit is going to end <clears throat> because uh, the judge already stated that in November and December, we're going to go into judgment. Okay. There's going to be no delays. Judgment happens in these times. Okay. So opening arguments happen in uh, November, I believe. And we should have some kind of uh, news what's going to happen in November and December. So cryptocurrency in general, how do you see it being used in the overall future? Like, Because you know the U.S. dollar, it's... Not on the gold standard anymore. Yeah. Uh, do you see crypto being used for like everyday transaction like like the U.S. dollar is right now? Do you see that being a thing in the future? I believe that we're going to have uh, – I'm pretty sure we're going to have uh, – like you know what USD Tether is, right? The stable coin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe we're going to have a centralized version of that. Uh, you already saw this in China. They created their own digital one. The reason they started banning crypto is because they want to promote their digital one uh, that's made from the central bank. That way they could – create unlimited numbers and hide them at the same time. Right. Uh, like they're doing already, but it's easier and cheaper. Okay. I believe the United States are, isn't far behind. They're already working on, uh, I think the, the term they use is CBDC, Centralized Digital Exchange Token. I, I got to look up the actual term okay. again. Yeah. Uh, but it, they, they create, they're going to create their own stable coin that they're actually testing right now. Okay. Um, they're testing a few different coins and see which one will work to, for, its, uh, for its basic knowledge to create them. Mm-hmm. Right now, Ripple is one of them. Okay. The XRP token is one of them that they're testing out to use it because it has such a high transaction limit. And the Ripple company has already stated they could actually raise the transaction rate per second whenever they want. It's just that there's no high priority for it. Okay. Uh, they have solutions already in place. So they're saving it for later. Uh, but they have ways to do it. And I think uh, just like... You know, my, um, the U.S. doesn't want to be too far behind what other countries are doing. Yeah. So if 
China's already doing the digital one, their own cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. The U.S. is yeah. going to do theirs. Yeah, too, not going to be the whole too time. Far yeah. And for NFTs, uh, that what we talk, what we discuss, I believe that the that's probably in the future, like selling CDs, movies, mm-hmm. stuff like that. You own your own the actual. Yeah, like yeah, and like movie tickets or something like that, being NFTs that you buy, yeah. something like that. Yeah, but at the moment. Uh, I see as all those doodles that you see online as being useless trash in my opinion. It's, yeah, they're like, being overpriced. Like the, like the Board 8 Yacht Club. Yeah, man. I don't know why they spend so much money on that. If anything, the only reason I see any kind of entity being uh, useful is if they're connected to a different kind of... Uh, they actually have a use case on a specific program. Like, for example... If they make a NFTs of Pokemon cards that can actually use to play games, and you could sell that Charizard to someone else, yeah, and it has real world money. That's that's only a use case for that. Okay, but but it gives it value, uh, or an NFT that's connected to a decentralized exchange where you buy this NFT, you you could stake on that exchange, and you'll earn uh, rewards uh, daily from that exchange for buying, having that NFT. Okay. For example, uh, that's where I see uh, NFTs being valuable. Right. Uh, when it has actual, actual use case and actual purpose, not just being a, a picture, because you could find people posting wallpapers and pictures anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I could just go online, just type in any kind of wallpaper, and I can make an entity of it. If it becomes popular, then I just copy someone else's work, basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, and something I like to just like ask all the guests at the end, because I'm sure after people hear this, they're gonna have questions for you. Yeah. Obviously, you'll be a part of our Discord. Um, you'll be the crypto moderator in our Discord. The Discord's gonna drop on October 15th. That's when we're gonna go live with it. Okay. Um, the goal from September 15th to October 15th is to just put mass, mass amounts of, of just valuable information on there. So whenever we do drop it, we'll be able to just dissect that value and use it in any part of their life that they can. And then after that, it's, I don't know, just growing from there. Yeah. But, uh, so other than the discord, is there anywhere else that people could contact you if they wanted more information, like, like Instagram or Facebook or anything like that? Mm, not really. Probably the discord is probably the best bet. Discord would be the just best because, place. uh, and the next few weeks, because what's dropping, um, uh, in a few weeks, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things are going to happen for my, my, uh, my investments. Right. There's a lot of strategies that I, but having basically uh, on standby, waiting for this to happen, mm-hmm. uh, come into play for the next few months. I'll okay. be pretty busy. So the only time I'll be able to really contact people and talk to them in depth because people want to ask me a lot of questions or they're going to be more like newest questions, like people that are just getting into crypto. Right. And I only uh, spend so much time on that and my personal, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. My, my personal investments. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, in January, I spent, I think I spent every waking moment. I think I slept for like four hours a day mm-hmm. because I was doing so. I was making so many trades. Yeah. On uh, my Songbird investment, for example. Right. That actually I had to call up a friend. Me and my friend work as a team. Yeah. That way, if anything happened, because stuff was happening within like moments. Right. So we had to work as a team, like where we took shifts sleeping. Because yeah. if if you didn't, you'll miss the opportunity when you're asleep. Right. Kind of thing. And I, I believe that the next few uh, after the fifteenth of this month. I'm pretty sure that I'm go- it's going to be that scenario all over again. Okay. So, uh, like I said, when I have free time, I'll reply pa- to people on Discord. They can send me a DM directly on Discord as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll have the best I can. But I'll do my best to make it as simple as possible. A quick story before we end this. Yeah. Uh, so, like uh, like I told you, there's a... Like I wrote on the, on the post, one of my stories was about how I got hacked. Yeah. 
and how a hacker got through my email, my passwords. They got through my email and password on my my uh, crypto exchange accounts too. Hmm. And the way they did it was it's it was when I was with T-Mobile. Uh, I got, uh, thing ha- what happened was called it's called a SIM card hack. Basically, what they do is they ha- they hack T-Mobile, hack your SIM, uh, they hack your SIM card that turns over to their SIM card. So now they own your 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 phone number now. Right. And they do this just before, and I think it's inside in a way because they always do it when T-Mobile goes through maintenance. And even if you call them up and tell them what's going on, they can't do a thing until the maintenance is over after oh, okay. about like 12, 24 hours. Right. And uh, what they do is they uh, go to all the emails they know, all mm. the common ones and some uncommon ones. Uh, type in, uh, they somehow already have your 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 uh, username, your email address mm-hmm. already. Or they do like a forgot username and just send it to your text message. Yep. And what they do is they go to, they type in your email, they go to forget password, send the text to your phone, which they own now because they own your SIM card, create a new password, log it to email, then do the same thing with all your crypto accounts. Uh, they did the same thing with mine. They got all my passwords and then changed all my, uh, they got all my usernames and they changed all my passwords, all my crypto accounts. Mm-hmm. The only thing that saved my coins from being stolen was dual authentication with an authenticator. Yep. Because uh, the authenticator is only based on your phone only. Mm-hmm. They couldn't hack into it. And at the time, only I used Google and Authy at the time. Surprisingly, they got my Authy account as well. Really? And the reason why was because I didn't create a master password that they could give you an option for. I didn't restrict new accounts from opening. Okay. So you got to make sure on Authy you have an option to restrict new accounts. Okay. Because uh, I set mine up where I authorized two two devices, personal computer and my mobile. Right. After that, I restrict the access. So if I lose one, I still have the other one to re-enable access. Okay. But yeah, if you don't set that up, they could hack into it. Create new uh, a new device, set a up. new device setup, and now they have all your dual, authentic- uh, dual authentication codes. Mm-hmm. With Google, it's only on your phone. That's all. It's yeah, that's on. all it is. But someone steals this, it breaks, it goes into water, it's gone. Yeah, you're screwed because that's that's your codes. There's been a lot of stories where Coinbase, for example, would just ban you mm-hmm. for no reason at all. You just really? get a random email saying that your your account has been disabled. And not just the, like the not the phishing ones too. There's a, there's a lot of phishing emails now. Yeah. That they look like that. But I got a random email saying that from direct from Coinbase. So you could see in the email that your account's been disabled. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, you're no longer able to use any of the features or anything like that. Right. You're allowed to withdraw. That's all. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Andrew Tate had a Coinbase account. He's probably banned on that too. Yeah. What scares me, the reason I don't trust Google as well and Google Authenticator as well, yeah, because all the tech companies work together. If you say, if you become big, for example, mm-hmm. if you say something they don't like, they'll remove you in all, yeah, everything, all their uh, services, including mm-hmm. Authenticator, I believe. Google has a lot of shady, uh, they, they do a lot of shady things. They got a lot of shady, like, uh, privacy policies, just like TikTok. TikTok allows them to, for example, if you ever, have you heard someone read it before? Mm-mm. They're allowed to do anything on your phone. They could check a file, do anything what they want with your phone, anything you connect to it. If you have it on your phone, I recommend removing it because if you connect that to your computer, your laptop, mm-hmm. uh, they could see they're allowed to see all the files, what they are, what's inside of them. They could tra- they could download them. They could see uh, what you're doing, how you're doing it. They mm-hmm. could key log you. They could do basically anything they want. Really? Yeah. Just from TikTok. Just from TikTok. You're agreeing to it when you uh, when you sign up with them. Yeah, and nobody, nobody's going to take the time to read. Yeah, no, it's like 900 pages, man. Yeah, yeah, nobody's going to take the time to read. Damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why I, I would never download TikTok because they're yeah. 
remember TikTok is owned by the the company that owns TikTok. I believe is also own is run by the Chinese uh, government. Yeah, the CCP. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they just they do stuff like that all the time. You gotta be careful, man. What you uh we download now. Yeah, I don't have TikTok or anything like that anymore. Oh, but, that's good, man. But uh, make sure if you have any passwords, they they're pretty important. Chances are it's already out on the on the dark web or mm-hmm. with, with the Chinese ha- hackers over there. They have a whole division just for hacking people's accounts. I really appreciate you coming on this podcast, just dropping a whole bunch of knowledge for all of our viewers. <laughs>